You're listening to Nick Luck Daily. This edition is brought to you by Fitzdares, by the Racehorse Owners Association, and by Thoroughbred Racing Commentary's Global Rankings. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of the Saturday edition of the Nick Luck Daily podcast. It's April Fool's Day and I hope none of you felt for Jane Mangan's line earlier that she'll be dusting off her boots and taking her licence back out to take over on Willie Mullins' bumper horses. In this episode, we'll look ahead to this weekend's action on the flat from Leopardstown, as well as over jumps at Ayr's biggest meeting of the National Hunt season. First though, the story that dominated the news this week was that Robbie Dunn, who in December was banned for 18 months for the bullying and harassment of Rani Frost, had his sentence reduced by the Board of Appeal and Lee Mottershead shared his thoughts on the issues that he saw with the appeals process. I think it was um, an unfortunate um, affair from, from start to finish in many ways. Uh, I do regret the decision to reduce Robbie Dunn's suspension. As you say, it's gone from 18 months, three of which were suspended, to 10 months, which is a significant period of time. But I did think it was surprising that Anthony Boswood QC, the, the chair of the appeals board, described that sanction as very severe during the, uh, the course of the hearing and in his summation. And I was surprised that they took the view that two items of mitigation, which we'll come on to later, were sufficient to reduce that or were significant factors in reducing that to to 10 months. I think had Robbie Dunn showed very obvious contrition, perhaps even public contrition, then there might have been a reasonable argument for revisiting the amount of time that he served. But at the original hearing uh, at the end of that Brian Barker who chaired that panel took the view that there had been very little contrition showed by by Robbie Dunn so I thought the the decision to reduce his penalty was surprising and questionable but as I say I, I think the whole tone of the appeal was questionable um, I think for a start it seemed a little bit unfortunate to be watching a room of nine men uh, debating uh, the bullying case that centred on a young lady. Um, I thought that wasn't a great image for the sport. But then what took place within the hearing, um, I also found uncomfortable. Lee continued to go into further detail on why he believes this doesn't reflect well on racing people. And you can listen to the full interview in episode 452 if you missed it. Also this week, Aidan O'Brien hosted his annual press day at Bally Doyle. And Lee, who was present, picked out some of the key horses on show. You, you have to start with the headline horse from uh, the, the two-year-old crop of last year in Ballydor. That was Luxembourg, who heads the betting for the Kazoo Derby. He's very prominent in the betting as well for the, the Kitco 2000 Guineas. And if there was a soundbite line to take from the, the Ballydor press day, it was Aidan's sentence about Luxembourg. He said Luxembourg was always the horse what a great line Luxembourg was always the horse in some ways he was the horse for Ballydore among the T-Rolls last season they did have success in big T-Roll races but not to the extent that we have been used to 
And I think if there was a horse who had an aura about him within Bally Doyle, it was Luxembourg. Uh, he signed off by winning the Racing Post Trophy, um, convincingly with Ramor not having to get particularly busy with him. And we know that's a race in recent years has been increasingly relevant to the Guineas and the Derby. And I think it's clear from what he said that although this is a horse who is heading the Derby market, that he will go for the Guineas first and that he sees him as a horse with a legitimate chance of winning the 2000 Guineas and then, and then on to the Derby. And then who knows what comes next? There might well be uh, another horse within Bally Doyle who might stop Luxembourg fulfilling his Epsom dream. And one of those is a horse who I'd never heard of before, Nick, uh, an unraised three-year-old called Waterville. Um, who was mentioned by Edna Bryan yesterday. He said, we have a horse that's called Waterville, who's never run before. He could be a good bit better than a maiden and may even be a derby horse. He's a Camelot half-brother to Sea of Class, who was only just beaten in an arc for William Haggis. And following on from that, Aidan O'Brien's classic picture may become a little bit clearer this weekend after the trials in Ireland at Leopardstown, as Jay Mangan discussed this morning. Uh, the Bally Sacks, obviously, we start there. Obviously, you have the two Guineas trials, but I think the airfield stakes from last year is going to be um, an important po- pointer to the Derby this year because I'm a big fan of Piz Badil. I have been since he won his maiden back in July in Killarney. He was really just narrowly denied by Duke de Sassa at um, Leopardstown in the airfield stakes of Dermot Wells. So throw in the fact that Aidan O'Brien is running Bluegrass, the Galileo de Quiet Reflection, who won his maiden over a mile at the Curra. Joseph O'Brien's Buckaroo, something suggests to me that he's going to be better at three, albeit he was beaten uh, quite comprehensively in the group one at, at St. Clue at the back end of last year. Joseph O'Brien then runs three in the 1,000 Guineas trial, Agartha, uh, probably being the pick of those, but... I'm not losing faith in Sacred Bridge. She might have been well beaten by Tenebrism at Newmarket, but she's better than we saw that day. And uh, I think Sacred Bridge for Colin Keane and Ger Lyons could be a genuine classic contender. Go to the 2000 Guineas trial at Leopardstown. Dr. Zemp could give them a double. Don't forget Glanton. He's a classy horse. He was uh, good when he beat Penine Hills at Leopardstown. And I think he's better than... We saw him in Delmar behind modern games where he didn't really show up. But that's not uncommon in the Breeders' Cup, in, particularly in the juvenile events. Glanton, Dr. Zemp, the flat is really back. Looking ahead to National Hunt action this weekend, the feature racing comes from Air, where the Coral Scottish Grand National takes centre stage, in which Christian Williams looks to have a really strong hand, having skipped Cheltenham with his two contenders, Kitty's Light and Win My Wings who had the market, and he spoke to Nick this morning about how excited he is going into tomorrow. Ah, brilliant, Nick. You know, this is uh, this is all about a long, long drive yesterday, but, you know, great excitement the whole way up. And, you know, even waking up this morning, we um, th- this meeting's got bigger and bigger over the years. And, you know, three or four years ago, you always hoped you'd have a nice team of horses to be able to bring you. And this is the first... This is the first year that we managed to find four horses um, that we think can be competitive running at, at the meeting. And I suppose with the, the two that dominate the market in the Scottish National, I mean, Kitty's like 11 stone 8, Win My Wings 11 5. Now, I know you take 7 off with, with Rob James, but if I told you at the beginning of the year, Kitty's Light's only going to have to give Win My Wings £3, what would you have said? <laughs> I was struggling to start the week to think I'll win my wings, could get competitive after going up 
she went up six pound for winning the Ida, and she was already two pound well in that day, so she's off an eight pound higher mark. So I was scratching my head there, thinking how she could um, she could close the gap on Kitty's light. But you know, the more you think of it, then we couldn't. With Rob James' experience riding over fences, probably ridden two, three hundred point to point winners. So, and he's ridden in all the amateur races at the Cheltenham. So we thought it was a good plan then. And the more you think about it, taking the seven pound off with Rob's claim, you know, running off nearly the same mark. She won the she won the Ida Chase very impressively. Mm. You'd obviously give her a chance then at the weight. And the only small negative you could pick with Kitty's Light is is the weight he's got to carry for, for the size of horse. But, you know, he's a very classy horse, finished second in the Charlie Hall off level weights. And um, we targeted this race at the start of the season. We thought that it may, may cut up a little bit. You know, it's very competitive, but looks very winnable as well with the, with the dates this year, with the change in the dates, with the, with the Grand National only being a week away. And it's obviously, um, you know, we've obviously found ourselves carrying plenty of weight with Kitty's Light, but... Um, you know, we think the track will suit him. We didn't want to step him up in distance until this time of year because he probably wants a nice bit of ground. So we stuck to Kempton throughout the winter where the ground doesn't get too soft. But you'd, you'd like to think this this track and this distance would suit him better than, than what he's been running over throughout the winter. I mean, I, I mean, I don't want to try and make you sound even cleverer than, than people make you sound, but have you basically been shimmying shimmying around with these horses trying to say avoid Cheltenham and avoid Aintree and 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 try and pick the prizes that perhaps other people aren't targeting yeah we obviously have a bit an ambition that we we want to train Cheltenham winners and compete against you know against the Gordon Elliott William Mullins Paul Nichols etc but we just don't feel we're in a place at the moment to do that we we've got a you know we've got five or six very good horses and and we, we we won the Midlands National with Potter's Corner a few years ago, good prize money. And then we obviously targeted the um, the Coral Chaser Kemp and then and obviously the Coral Scottish National with with other horses. But it, <clears throat> we obviously don't want to shy away that we're not um, you know our burning ambition is to train Charlton winners. So hopefully in in a few years to come we'll have a team big and strong enough to to do that as well. In your heart of hearts, which which of these horses do you think is going to run better? I don't think it'd be fair to. I couldn't get away from Kitty's light, Nick. But um, um, this is this has been the plan. But every time you watch the Ida Chase back, you can't help but be impressed. You know, she's the first mare to win the Ida Chase. You couldn't help but be impressed the way you, you could pick her. You could pick her out the winner with the, with the circuit to go. And um, I don't know how many times that happens in those big staying chases. She was very impressive. And obviously taking the weight off her, you know, I think you give her a big chance. But you know, Kitty's a very good horse, and she'll she'll need to be on her on her game. But they're both looking well, and be tough, be be hard to split them now. Nick wouldn't be fair, and um, owned by two two separate owners. And this has been the plan with Kitty's light, but you couldn't um, you could not not let the mare run in the race. You know, she deserves to. You know, she she deserves to to be given a chance of winning the Scottish National. Sandy Thompson saddled the second and fourth last year and we'll be hoping that either of his runners, the Ferrymaster or Hill 16, can return to the winner's enclosure this time around. And when Tom Stanley spoke to Sandy earlier in the week, he asked him which one had the better chance of doing so. You would have to say the, the Ferrymaster has, has a great chance. You know, he, he's five times less than he was last year. Ran a great race and um, yeah, it just maybe didn't pan out from quite right the race. Um, 
he's going to get a pair of blinkers. Um, you know, when we saw him at, at, at Newcastle, he, he, he won everywhere by the line and, and maybe just sort of thought he'd done enough. So, yeah, I think really, really pleased with him. I mean, Hill 16's obviously had a great season. Um, but just the nine pounds he got for being second the other day to Nutswell is is, is going to. I mean, it looks like you know he's going to go up nearly top weight, so it, that's going to be a big ask. Se- second and fourth last year um, is. I suppose. Look, you must have been very proud, but it's it's not ideal in a in a race like the Scottish National, is it? What what were your emotions after that? Yeah, just obviously, yeah, you, you're absolutely right. But always delighted when horses run well. But uh, yeah, frustration that you didn't quite get over the line. Yeah. Um, on on the ferry master last year, was there was there a point where you where you thought he or, or Dingo Dollar were going to go on and, and win the race, or were you always did you always have an eye on Mighty Thunder, thinking it's going to he's going to get us? No, I mean I thought I thought you know Dingo Dollar, I thought you know was going to go and win the race, and, and, and then just just sort of tied up close home and. You know, Mighty Thunder looked, looked beaten sort of three, three out and just, and just, and just stayed on. Um, you know, the Ferrymaster just probably got there a bit bit soon um, and, and, and just sort of petered out. He hadn't had a brilliant preparation, but, uh, you know, I was still, still delighted how he, how he ran and how he coped with it because it's, you know, it, it's always quite a rough race. And, and uh, yeah, no, he was, he, was, he was really good. He's had a better preparation, has he, this year after after his wind surgery with that Newcastle run? You're yeah, happy. We, we, uh, Obviously, the wind surgery, and uh, yeah, everything's, everything's gone to plan. Um, and uh, yeah, no, we're really happy with him. And um, Doyen Breed, after his second last time, is going to run in the, the the novices champion handicap chase over three. Yeah, it, 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 it looks very competitive with, with Newsart and, and, and Ruth Jefferson's horse, uh, but he's he's he, he deserves his chance. He's he's run some great races this year. He'll he'll love the ground. Um, you know, last last day at uh, Ascot, he, he you know he hated the ground and ran a great race to be to to, to run as well as he did to be second. Uh, so yeah, we're, we're really looking forward to him. For, for a horse that sort of we didn't know he was going to jump a fence when we started to school him, you know, he's progressed really well. And, uh, yeah. Nigel Twiston Davis has won the race three times before and relies on sole runner Fantasticast to make it four. He's one of four in the race that ran at the Cheltenham Festival and finished midfield that day. And when Nick spoke to Nigel earlier in the week, he asked whether he thought the horse had the stamina for a race like this. I, I think so. He, he should be. Um... He's always staying on the end of his races, and uh, uh, he won a three-mile race at uh, Lingfield in the very, very heavy ground. Um, so, you know, he's, he's looking that way. What did you make of his run at Cheltenham? I th- sort of thought he ran okay. Yes, it was just okay, really. Um, he ran all right, but uh, we wanted to win, and we didn't. I, I mean, what I'm trying to get at is, do you think he's a bit better than that? Yeah, hopefully, yes. Yes, very much so. The Scottish National might not have the class of horse at the top of the handicap that it sometimes attracts, be that with its close proximity to Cheltenham or the fact that this year it falls before Aintree, but it certainly looks competitive and I'm glad I don't have to pick the winner. Thank you very much for listening. Enjoy the action over the weekend, be that the National Hunt or flat or both. The Nick Luck Daily Podcast will be back on Monday morning as we build up to the 2022 Aintree Grand National. Goodbye. You've been listening to Nick Luck Daily, brought to you in association with Fitzdares. 
the Racehorse Owners Association and Thoroughbred Racing Commentary.